Geekscapists, welcome to a brand new Geekscape. This is your favorite movies, video games, and comic book podcast. If you're new to Geekscape, uh, your host, that's me, Jonathan London, uh, I like to sit down with a guest and pick their brain about something pertaining to geek culture. Sometimes we talk news, sometimes we talk reviews, sometimes we talk uh, what's going on uh, in their world, in our world, um, but mainly we just talk geek. And... uh, this week, I've got a guest who I've wanted to have on the show for a while. Um, I first met Matt Moak uh, a couple years ago at ZombieCon in Seattle. Uh, I, I guess this would have been September 2010. And uh, I met Matt, and Matt is the director, the, uh, the, the head of the Zombie Research Society. And if you Google Zombie Research Society, you're going to be like, okay, a bunch of grown-ups pretending that there's actually a, a zombie... Uh, you know, epidemic that's that's happening, like a zombie apocalypse is happening, and they, they've prepared safe houses and they've put together a, a like a board of advisors who would uh, advise on the best way to prevent or survive a zombie apocalypse. And you're like, man, a bunch of these grown-ups are acting like a bunch of jerks, uh, waxing, you know, poetic about a, a fictitious event. Um, and I'll be honest, Matt, I thought that when I met you, I was like, <laughs> okay. This is like uh, a kid who never stopped cosplaying, right? <laughs> he started believing the, the costume. Um, but what was cool, when you actually uh, start listening to Matt and you, you hear Matt talk, um, Matt's, Matt's not a dummy. And Matt's not somebody who, uh, is, who just does this because it's cool. Uh, Matt's passionate about this subject and he approaches it from something that, you know, from like a practical sense. You right, know, not like oh, it was cool in that one action movie when a zombie's head got cut in half. I think for fans like we, we're like, oh yeah, that was cool. Right, but for you, you look at this from a much wider cultural perspective, and that's what goes on in the Zombie Research Society. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think we try to. I mean, first of all, zombies are fun, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't want to take that out. I mean, we're not the cardboard research society. Right. There's a reason right. why we're into zombies, <laughs> right? But uh, but within that framework, we try to take it as seriously as possible. So we sort of ask the basic question: If a zombie were to show up at your front door, what do you, you know, first of all, we don't make anything up. So obviously, we know there's not a zombie outbreak going on right now. We don't say there was some right sort now of, being the right now right, being the right, operative right, word. Yeah, yeah right. Um, but, uh, but, you know, we ask the question, if it were ever to happen, you know, if, if a zombie were to show up at your front door, what would it actually be like? How would they function? How would they hunt you? What, what diseases out there are mutating in strange ways that could potentially lead to this? And now, how long has the Zombie Research Society been around? This is our fifth year, uh, 2012. In, like, our fifth year right, <laughs> of right. Geekscape, do you get the people who are like, all right, how long are you going to do this? Like, 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 what the heck? Like, you're, you're taking this a little too far, buddy. Uh... Yeah, you, you know, actually, you understand why those people would ask that question, like, dude, come <laughs> totally, on, the zombie totally, thing, like, totally. you're and taking it, a little too long. Yeah, right. And we, and I, you know, I definitely have a sense of humor about it. Right. So, you know, I don't have a problem with anyone having any point of view. What, what I actually find more of, which I think is just ridiculous, is people saying, you know, uh, wow, I, I can't help but being excited for the zombie apocalypse to come because, you know, it, you know, <laughs> that's I, awful. Yeah, it's hor- It's horrible. But you get a lot of that in zombie fandom where people are like, you know, am I? I can't help it, but I'm so excited, and it's like. If we're really talking about reality here, it's not like a video game. You know, this isn't right. I'm going to grab a shotgun and blow up a bunch of zombie heads. No, up. it is, would it would turn into Mad Max really. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, worse. <laughs> you know, worse than that. You know, there hasn't been a movie made that really shows, in my opinion, you know, the, the true devastation of of some sort of event, you know, catastrophic event like a zombie outbreak. Because these people aren't just dying. This isn't a plague. These people are dying and then becoming. 
aggressors. Exactly, coming aggressors, and they want to come eat you. But but even aside from that, I mean, the basics of worrying about food, water, and shelter, and other hostile humans. Like these are these are concerns that you have in any major natural or man-made disaster, mm-hmm. and that's something that doesn't get accounted for. Now so, that's what I like. See, because. I'm not that into zombies. Right. And uh, immediately all these geekscapists are like, what? You've <laughs> hidden it for five years. Right. Um, I, I, I think that they've been done. I mean. A lot. No pun intended, but done to death. Right. And you're, I mean, how long can you tell the survival story where people are in a. Mall, mall slash whatever. Whatever. Farmhouse. Right. Yeah. How long can you tell that story? Or we've got to get to. The prison. We've right. got to get to the evacuation point. We've got to get to the boat. We've right. got to get to the island. We've got to do... It, it's the same movie over and over again. Right. And even with ZombieCon, when, when Ryan Ryder said, hey, we're going to form ZombieCon, which I'd like to say was Brian Walton's idea. I remember being there when mm. Brian Walton said, hey, there should be a zombie convention. Yeah. <laughs> and I just saw Ryan Ryder's eyes go, blue, blue, blue. I'm the man <laughs> who will make that happen. Right. <laughs> and... and um, even with something like ZombieCon, like I, I thought ZombieCon was cool, and I had no qualms with being like, "All right, geeks, like you got Geekscape support, we will push it." Right. Um, because I, I think there's definitely a place for it. I, I think those zombie culture is something that is definitely part of being uh, a geek, especially today. Um, I myself just prefer different stories. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But when I started talking to you, and you were taking this approach, mm-hmm. immediately. It didn't feel like we were talking about make believe. It didn't feel like we were talking about fiction. It was. It was like. Right. It was like we were talking about a scenario that, but for the grace of God, we would find ourselves in tomorrow. Yeah, and I think there. I, I totally agree. That's the thing that I'm interested in too. I mean, there are a lot of, in my opinion, most zombie movies are not very good. And and even the ones that are really famous, they're not very good. What happens is there'll be one or two great scenes in them. So you'd be like, oh my God, did you see that one scene? Mm-hmm. You know, when the shark was fighting the zombie underwater or whatever. But that's the only the, scene in zombie too. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So the rest of the movie is sort of like, ah, eh, it's not really that mm-hmm. great. But why I was always into zombies, I came to it through the movies, but I was never as scared watching any zombie movie as I thought I would be in a real zombie outbreak. So that's where I really come to it. It's like, look, let's do some real, let's talk to real scientists. Like, you know, when I was trying to research this stuff, I don't call up film directors, right, um, or authors. I call up like the head of the National Academy of Ophthalmology to find out, you know, if zombies didn't blink, what would happen to the eyeball, or you know, how long, you know, <laughs> ser- yeah, seriously, yeah. like real experts, and you know, talk about what would actually happen physio- physiologically to a zombie, you know, or look at real hunting habits of actual animals in the wild to find out potential theories about, you know, how zombies hunt, um, and then you know, from the survival point of view. You know, I live in Los Angeles, right? So any expert, you, you may think, you know, zombies are ridiculous. They'll never come. Um, any expert will tell you there's going to be a giant earthquake in Los Angeles. We're overdue, right? right? That never inspired me to get an earthquake preparedness kit. But I do have a zombie preparedness kit, and it works great for earthquakes. It's the exact same thing. And, mm-hmm. and that's sort of the point is that real zombie survival is just like surviving anything, any other, you know, major natural or man-made disaster. And that's what I like about it. Did you come? Did you wake up one day and say, "I'm just going to start a zombie research society"? Where did it really start? Like, what what, what it, was the thing that made you? Yeah, say, you know, it really. You know, what happened was you're I an was, author too, and we and I want to talk right. about the book. You know, but I, you know, I was actually working at a disease research uh, company. I had a regular nine to five gig. We we researched serious uh, infectious and deadly diseases, um, and. I, but I, but again, I've always been obsessed with zombies. And so one day I just decided, okay, look, I'm just going to actually start researching this on my own. And that's really how Zombie Research Society started. And, and, you know, I kid you not, like, you know, I'd read some article about 
about prion diseases, which is the protein that causes mad cow disease, and I, some sort of new development from the Scripps Institute. And I would just call them up. I'd say, hey, I got a really weird question, but this sort of relates to my understanding of how zombies might function, and can you answer some questions for me? And basically across the board, people were willing to help. And so wow. that's really how it grew. That's how the advisory board started. I was calling these guys out of the blue, asking them questions about zombies, and like I said, everybody's willing to help, but it turned out some people were actually also interested in zombies. <laughs> so they were like, hey, I want to get involved. So it, I was like, well, and these okay. aren't These aren't just fans. These are people who have, yeah, yeah. Who have really oh, our, our, pretty respected yeah, places our, in, exactly. in, in academia. Our board's got the co-director of education at Harvard Medical School is on the board. We've got leading neuroscientists from across the country. We've got the Boston medical examiner who cuts up bodies all day, who's done work for NASA on the effects of radiation. He's got this whole theory about if zombieism is caused by radiation, um, uh, the, the lifespan of the zombie will be uh, uh, considerably extended because he's sort of actually done this work for NASA about you know the, the uh, bacteria effects of radiation. Right, the bacteria um, could keep... The it wouldn't, zombie. Because the radiation wouldn't allow any bacteria, so there would be no bacteria growing in the zombie so, it so that decay. it wouldn't decay. Right. Right. Because, I mean, when you think about it, and of course we, we've all thought about it because we're geeks, uh, we've all thought about, hey, you just have to outla- outlast right. the natural decay that would happen to a mm-hmm. human body. Right. A dead human body. And yeah. that's what? How long is that? Not very long. I mean, if you, if you look with at it. With the sun pounding down on. Uh, yeah, right. Body. Well, and the, and the biggest thing is if a zombie is controlled by the brain, if, if, if all prevailing theories are, right, destroy the brain, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's mm-hmm. sort of. And, and the heart's not beating, which is what makes it undead. So, so, so the brain is controlling it. Well, what we learn in, in studying human decomposition is that there are four stages of human decomposition there's ret, uh, fresh, rot, or fresh, bloat, rot, and putrefaction. And we, we learn by the end of the fresh stage of, of decomposition, which is the first stage, that the bacteria in your mouth has eaten out your brain so much that your brain oozes out your nose like yogurt. It's literally, there's nothing left, right? Your brain is one of the first things to go. What's so the time span on that? That's only like a week. In right? a week, your yeah. brain week, has week, been two weeks, eaten depending by bacteria, on, right. and it's come out your nose. Right, exactly. Okay, so in a week, all the zombies that, whose brains you needed to destroy had already had their brains destroyed by bacteria. End of story. Yeah, potentially. But, right. I mean, the thing about it is there are many viable theories out there of how potentially the zombie lifespan could be longer um, than uh, than a human life. The, the zombie death span or lifespan, mm-hmm. whatever, could, could be longer than the human decays. Now, first of all, I should make a point that we kind of subscribe to the, the, the zombie that is not supernatural. You okay. know, the, the definition that we use of a zombie is, is, is a... Uh, relentlessly aggressive reanimated human corpse driven by a biological infection. And so that's a, the, the biological part is very important because it's not it's not caused by a curse or a spell, right? They don't climb on ceilings. It's not like vampires where like holy water will keep them away or you know they uh, they can turn into bats or whatever, right? And even a mummy which you you'd say would be a, a zo- some people would think that a mummy yeah. is a zombie, but mummy is Right, mummy's supernatural. supernatural. Right. And the other thing about a mummy um, is kind of different is 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 it's also not relentlessly aggressive because you think about a mummy, right? Uh, you, you, with a zombie, you never you're not going to negotiate with a zombie, right? You don't tell a zombie, "Hey, like eat my friend instead of me," or you know, there's mm. this family around the corner. It'll eat, eat both of you. It'll eat everybody. Yeah, yeah right, like right. screw it, I'm going to eat them all, right? <laughs> but but a mummy, it if you give the mummy back its ruby brooch, or if you like don't if you get out of its cave or whatever the hell the mummy you disturb the mummy's sleep and the mummy's pissed. And so if you give it's like the, the leprechaun. Mummy, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's like, like the, the leprechaun. leprechaun. Yeah. Or, or Gilmore. Have you met Gilmore? We have this little guy who helps with the show. Is this uh, guy, Brian Gilmore? Yeah. He's confused with a leprechaun. If he was Irish, he would definitely <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, be a yeah. leprechaun. He, yeah, he yeah. kind of looks like Chaka from Man of the Lost. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. So mummies actually have a lot more in common with the leprechaun, mm-hmm. with, the, with the leprechaun horror movies, than they do with zombies in that way. But zombies just want to eat. Yeah, relentless. Okay. Nothing you can do to That's stop That's how you them. guys define them. Right. So running zombies? Well, you know, running zombies, right, that's the big, that's the big, uh, that's the big argument, right, mm-hmm. fast zombies. Now, there is a theory, if we're, first of all, there's a subset of, in my opinion, of the undead zombie, of the, that definition I just gave you. Yeah, with, relentlessly with, aggressive. Yeah, relentlessly aggressive reanimated human corpse driven by a biological infection. Okay, that's it. You put that on a bumper sticker. <laughs> yeah, it's catchy, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's, but, but if you look at like, something like 28 Days Later, which right. everyone says, oh, it's not a zombie movie, right? And Danny Boyle, who made it, says it's not a zombie movie. Romero says it's not a zombie movie because they're still alive. Right. So they're not undead. They don't come back from the dead. But they're infected. They're biologically infected, and they're relentlessly aggressive. Mm-hmm. So they, they cover those two bases. So in, in my opinion, I call that the living zombie. Okay. It, 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 if, if something's you know, trying to tear through my front door and eat me, I'm not really interested in having an intellectual debate about whether or not it's really undead or alive or, or you know, um, whether it's really a zombie. It, functionally, to me, it. it's it looks same. It looks like it froze. It didn't freeze. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> my audio looks like it froze. It doesn't That's freeze. That's cool. Um, but, uh, Until I say that, then it freezes. So, you know, the living zombie, you, you can clearly have fast zombies, right? That's mm-hmm. why they say it makes sense. Right. But there is a theory with the undead zombie that you could have a fast zombie, and, and, and this, is, this is how. Uh, people think that zombies are stiff and slow often, and that, you know, they have their arms stretched out and stuff because of rigor mortis. But mm-hmm. rigor mortis is actually temporary in people. It's not permanent. It's not mm-hmm. like you die and you get, you get stiff and that's it. Right. So rigor mortis comes on gradually over about a 24 to 36-hour period, and then it goes away gradually. And once it goes away, you're totally limp again, exactly the same way you were before. Uh-huh. So actually, they can time... What, what causes rigor mortis? They, well, it's a big mystery. They really, really? don't That's know. actually yeah. a mystery. Yeah, they really don't know why. In this day they're, and age. Yeah, they I really, wouldn't understand if it was a mystery in the 1500s. No, yeah. I mean, there are, there, it's crazy. There are a lot of mysteries about, the, about human brain function and body function. And there are crazy mysteries about diseases that are really, really scary. But so in a zombie, let's say I, I'm infected with zombieism, right? And I die. And I, and I come back instantly as a zombie. There's no reason why I wouldn't have all my physical capabilities that I have now. There, theoretically, I could be as fast as I am now. Mm-hmm. Why would I not be? As long as I have my coordination, I wouldn't be stiff. Right. I, would, I would still have you know, sort of all my enzymes, everything's still going. Um, would you be able to talk? Well, I don't know. But, but, but then rigor mortis could set on gradually. I would get as stiff as a board. I'd be lying on the ground. And then it would release itself, and I'd be further along in the decomposition process. So then I would be weaker and slower. So you could have slow and fast zombies. The same outbreak. You just blew half the audience's mind. <laughs> Why? Well, the other half's like Jonathan. I thought you weren't into zombies. Not only that, last week you made fun of talking about zombies, and now you give us a whole episode talking about zombies. It's for <laughs> you zombie fans that I made fun of last week. Right. Um, no, I, I, this is all uh, intensely interesting. So, in your opinion, like right. we talked about Twenty Eight Days Later, and we talked about <clears throat> slow zombies. Right. What's the best zombie movie? What's well, the best you know, I always of all time? Feel I know. The, I know the answer you give. It. I know the answer you give yeah. that you gave on the panel about right. the Kamikaze. Yeah, and I like that answer. So don't be afraid to give that. What the one that's not a zombie movie or the one that is? I mean, uh, the one I always okay. give is Night of the Living Dead. Okay, that's your favorite. That's my. That's one of my favorite horror. I mean, movies. I, it, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's so important not mm-hmm. just to zombie movies, but to horror in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at the the reaction that different people had, that people that ended up never making any zombie movies, but but our, our icons now in horror. Uh, Stephen King was a sophomore in college when that movie came out, and he hadn't picked his major yet. He didn't know what he was going to do with his life. He said the movie turned him to jelly. Mm-hmm. Right, and it changed his whole life. Um, uh, 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 what's his name? Um, 
Spider-Man, Evil Dead, uh, oh, yeah, Sam, Sam Raimi. Raimi. Sam Raimi, right? He was like 11 when it came out. His sister literally snuck him into the movie under her coat. Mm-hmm. So he came, went in the movie. He said it scarred him for life. Literally scarred him for life, right? So on and on and on. There are dozens of horror and movie and you know art icons out there that this movie changed their life. But then that movie you were telling me was, all, was, in, was influenced by Richard Matheson's Oh yeah, right, right. Uh, oh, yeah, I, right, I Am right. Legend, yeah, yeah, right. which is my favorite horror book. Exactly. That, that book's perfect exactly. if you're a horror fan that book is perfect yep and you and you were saying that the the movie did what i am legend tried to do for vampires it tried to give right. a scientific basis for the existence of a vampire because if you read i am legend you know he was bit in south america or in the panama canal mm-hmm. and, and that gives him his immunity to vampirism and that vampirism ha- and i am legend not the will smith right, one, right, right. And not, not 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 omega man not even not even the last man. man on earth right um but in I do love Omega Man, but I love it for like the awfulness yeah. of it. Like when he injects himself, he's like a hundred percent Anglo-Saxon, baby. That's <laughs> that's Charlton Heston at his most hammy, right? Um, but the the book I Am Legend, you read it, and the, there is a scientific basis for right. They, for yeah. vampires. Yeah, they call it it's a bacterial mm-hmm. infection. They call it Bacilli vampiri. I mean, mm-hmm. or Richard Matheson does. Yeah, and and so. The interesting thing about it to me is that you never know what pop culture is going to pick up on. And right. that's what artists do, right? Filmmakers, they're sort of stretching the envelope. For instance, you know, you look at um, Twilight. Like, are zombies going to sparkle in sunlight forever from now on? Yeah. Probably. Or vampires. vampires or, yeah. Sorry, vampires. vampires yeah. Probably not, right? Right. But it could have happened. I mean, every, you ask anybody what, what va- zombies eat, and they'll tell you brains. Mm-hmm. But that's only from the Return of the Living Dead film series. And that was a new innovation when it came out. In right? 1985. So, that's where the introduction of eating brains yeah, started. Yeah, never they happened. It's, they've never eaten brains crazy, in any Romero movie. Because anybody who didn't know any better would think that it started yeah. uh, with the zombie. Right. And, and actually, they've only eaten brains in the Return of the Living Dead film series. So think about it. Shaun of the Dead, they don't eat brains. Any Romero movie, they don't eat brains. Uh, Zombie Land, they didn't eat brains. Mm-hmm. So it's when I talked to Zombie Land, you were telling me they weren't even. Yeah, you know, they're not even dead, right? They're, they're the living dead. zombies, like twenty eight days later. Right. Yeah, exactly. But so you never know what's going to stick. So you know, in my opinion, Matheson, he's like, look, I want to write a, a I want to write a um, a vampire book, but I'm going to bring it into the modern age, right? We know about we know about germs now. We know about microbiology, and so I'm going to make I'm not just just going to use this old fantasy stuff that everyone used to use. So he created this whole biological explanation for, for vampirism. He, they no longer had superpowers, right? They didn't, they couldn't do any, you know, magic. Fly, they couldn't fly. Yeah, they were literally just, and, and secondly, he turned them into rather than like an individual living on the edge of town, like who owns an antique shop and like sucks the blood of like a young virgin mm-hmm. every couple of weeks. He turned it into the entire world. It's a, it's a, it's a, when it's you get a sickness that spreads, yeah. and, and they want to take over the entire world. Mm-hmm. So it starts to look, so there are these roving hordes of vampires running all over the place trying to eat or suck the blood of every last right. living human. That looks a lot like you know, what we think of as the modern zombie, right? Um, in my opinion, ultimately that didn't stick. Because people still see vampires as having superhuman strength, yeah, being able to do crazy, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. crazy shit. Like, um, and... And so it allowed Romero, 14 years later, when he wanted to make his first movie, he loved that book. And he said over and over again, he ripped the book off. Um, but he didn't want to get sued. So he's like, I can't just make I Am Legend. It's already been made. Mm-hmm. They already remade it in Last Man on Earth, right? So, so he's like, I don't want to get sued. I have no money. I can't buy the rights to it. So I'm going to change it. And ra- So what I'm going to do is essentially make the exact same movie, but I'm going to take away any last vestige of, of vampires that, that Matheson held on to. Mm-hmm. So they can go out during the daylight. Forget about the night. You know, they can mm-hmm. go out during the daylight. Um, 
they uh, forget about crosses and holy water, anything like that, right? Garlic, forget about all that stuff. They're litter, and rather than sucking blood, I'm going to make them eat the whole person. Right. Because then no one could sue me, right? right. I mean, like, you could never say it's a vampire then, right? So in his opinion, he was creating a brand new, totally new monster that he called the flesh eater. It was a completely new concept. Um, when did the word zombie come in? Well, you know, officially it kind of took about 10 years to, for, for, for a zombie. When, uh, when the movie came out, none of the reviews of that movie called them zombies. Right. They weren't thought of as zombies. The, did and the so, word exist? The word existed, the Haitian voodoo zombies. Okay. You know, that's sort of traditionally where the word comes right. from. But, but it, you know, I, what I find interesting is that the... the um, typical. Black people start it, white people take it over. <laughs> there it's you like go. typical. Yeah, right. But, you know, the, the, the word zombie... Um, zombies in movies before George Romero... Were, weren't really monsters. They weren't sort of a viable subgenre. So there were some movies like White Zombie and mm-hmm. I Walked with a Zombie and things like that. Um, a few movies out there in, in the 30s and 40s, but, but they weren't really a viable subgenre. In fact, two years before Romero's movie came out, there were two prominent books published in the 60s about modern film monsters at the time, mm-hmm. right? These two volumes, like the Hollywood film monster book. There are two of them. Neither of them even mentioned zombies at all. They mentioned mad scientists and werewolves and like <laughs> right. you know like uh, like the blob, t- giant tomatoes, all kinds of crap, right? <laughs> Seriously, uh, that of Lepus? Yeah, right. Do you remember, do you remember oh, oh, with the rap, giant, giant rabbits? rabbits. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Gosh, somebody needs to remake that. Seriously, why isn't that on t- uh, AMC? <laughs> Wait, there's somebody fam- wasn't there somebody really famous in that? I think there was someone. I, I'd have to look. Yeah, I think there the was. The movie's awful. Yeah, it's bad. But but, um, do, but I would make But you know, they didn't even mention zombies. So right. so so what happened was this movie came out. He he wanted to call it Night of the Flesh Eaters. The the distribution company changed the title in, in the 11th hour to Night of the Living Dead because at the time Living Dead was a generic term. Yeah. For, you know, the, around that same time that the movie came out, Cave of the Living Dead, Crypt of the Living Dead and Fangs of the Living Dead all came out within 2 years. They're all Vampire movies. Wow. So basically, they were like, "Look, we're going to call it Night of the Living Dead because we wanted to uh, to appeal to a broader audience because nobody knows what a flesh eater is." Right. So, so the flesh eater label then obviously never stuck because it didn't even exist. Right. Cut to ten years later, Romero has yet to make another zombie movie or another movie of flesh eater right, movie. Right. Uh, Dario Argento comes to him from Italy and says, "Look, I'll give you seven hundred fifty grand in cash if you make another one of those flesh eater movies and." Uh, I have the European rights to it, and I can do whatever I want. I can re-edit it. I can put different music. I can name it in Europe, and you can do whatever you want in the United States. So that's why he made Dawn of the Dead, because he had 750 grand cash, and he was like, all right, I'm going to run out a mall, and we're going to do it. And Dario Argento changed the name from, from uh, Dawn of the Dead to Zombie. And that was sort of the official first, these are zombies, right? Okay, so all that zombie stuff... Uh... Th- those are the traditional zombies. Those right. are traditional zombie movies. Mm-hmm. But when you've researched the things that uh, the Zombie Research Society mm-hmm. d- has researched, mm-hmm. uh, what would be a more realistic zombie movie? Yeah, well, you know, people ask me that all the time. Like, sort of, what's the most realistic zombie movie or zombie book? And because you guys have done this crazy research. Yeah, right. I'm, yeah, and I mean, literally, talk talk to everybody from senior executives in Homeland Security to. Um, epidemiologists who are charged with like defending the United States against new and deadly diseases that are on, I mean, literally like you know, crazy, crazy researchers. But, you know, in, in my estimation, like the most realistic zombie book or movie, I guess, um, and it's a little bit of a cheat answer, but is, is the road. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the road by Cormac McCarthy, which won the, the Pulitzer prize in, I think 2007. Um, 
But, you know, it essentially tells this story, story of a post-apocalyptic United States where this father and son are trying to head south um, to avoid the cold. And there are cannibalistic roaming nomads in the, you know, along the road that are trying to eat any human they can get a, their hands on. And, um, you know, they're basically worried about starving to death right. the enti- and freezing to death the entire time. Which is what you would be doing. Which is what you would be doing. Right. You're much more likely to you- die of dehydration either from just pure lack of water or from drinking bad water that will give you cholera so you just crap yourself to death. Right. You can't drink. You can't eat snow. Right. You, you yeah. can't drink from the ocean. Right. I mean, you're, you're, you probably can't drink from a stream because there's so much disease ex- running around. Exactly. I mean, and that's the real problem is that once the sanitation systems go down, I mean, look. How quickly would that uh, take place? Well, the government estimates are you've that, done that if, research. yeah, exactly. Government estimates are that if 25% of the workforce, of the national workforce, stops showing up on the job over, you know, um, a, an extended, not just for one day, but mm-hmm. an extended period of time, all systems, as we know, it would shut down. That means no municipal system, no uh, trucks, no, no food in the grocery stores, no trucks to delivering anything anywhere now th- and then the question becomes would you go to work if you knew that the dead were rising and trying to eat the living would anyone go to work <laughs> no if you no. knew that the dead were rising and <laughs> the, trying to the, eat the, the living the audience doesn't want to go to work now exactly you you're looking I mean? for an excuse like, anyway right and there's yeah you wouldn't go out to your car yeah exactly so so you know one really interesting stat I find about this is that in 2005, there was a trucker strike in Italy. And it didn't, obviously didn't get a lot of press here. It didn't even get a lot of press in Italy. But all the trucker, the national truck. Italy. Yeah, right? <laughs> the, all the truckers said, look, you're not paying us enough. We're right. not going to dr- deliver anymore. Okay. The, tr- the, the strike started on a Monday. And everyone's like, well, forget you. We don't care. Like right. the negotiators were like, whatever, you know, then we're not going to pay you. By Wednesday, almost two, the, days, two days later, two days later, almost the entire country was out of food and gas. So people were driving. I swear here. to God. People but it was were, Italy. No, no, that that will happen anywhere. We our all governments and most companies work on a just-in-time management principle, and what that means is that goods and services are delivered on an as-needed basis. Okay. That's why you can go to your grocery store, right? And there's not some giant warehouse at the grocery store that's right. like tons and tons of food, right? Right, right. It's somewhere else, and then it shows it's somewhere up else. It, it shows up magically, yeah. right? You go there, you buy one can of tomato, and the computer scans it, and then you leave. And then on Thursday, when the truck shows up twice weekly, they bring that one can of tomato. Now, right. if those deliveries ever stop coming, the grocery stores will be empty in a matter of days, literally. Mm-hmm. Totally empty. And in and this Italy, is, they, for two days, yeah. it, it only took two days right. for those stores to be empty. Exactly. So people would show up to get gas and be like, we're out of gas. And like, what do you mean we're out of gas? I got to go to work. And he's like, well, the truck didn't come and deliver the gas. So what do you want me to do? You know? But they said it like this. And so the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then they were like, give the truckers what they want. It's and a zombie virus. <laughs> <laughs> zombie epidemic. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Dario Argento. Hey, there you go. Dario Argento. Zombie virus. <laughs> I don't even want to go to my car. That's the worst. I should stop doing <laughs> yeah, that right bad. now. It's, not, it's better than it's me. It's fucking awful. It's like do. the Mario Brothers zombie. Um, <laughs> With a little Swedish chef in there. It's a me. <laughs> so, uh, so that would happen quickly. So, well, yeah. so you... So you know, cause, but that happens in any disaster. Right. I mean, think about it, and the, so think about it in terms like of like Katrina. We had Katrina, exactly. Katrina, or even like the threat of a hurricane in Florida, and you'll see it all the time. There are there are lines ten miles long to get gas, and then they're all out of gas. Everybody's out of gas instantly. Um, all you know, the water's all gone from all the stores. All the plywood's gone. All the duct tape's gone. Now, it's because we're not set up. You're the stores are only set up, and the gas stations are only set up to deal with the regular usage based on this notion that they're going to get regular deliveries. So if the if the usage goes up and the deliveries stop, things are gone immediately. So, so immediately you're siphoning gas. 
Yeah, uh, immediately. Totally. And that's the would, thing. Would you even get into a car? I'm not not early on. No way. And and, and that, that's one of the things about The Walking Dead. Look, I, I love the the Walking Dead the show. I mean, you know, obviously I'm a big fan. But Did you read the comic? Yeah, it did, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay Geek but, Fred. We just got to make sure. Oh, okay. You, you're in it from the beginning, right? Yeah, totally. Don't lie to us, Matt. I don't know if from the beginning. Oh, beginning. shit. Here's I mean, I, I, read it I have you read it. You read it in trade paperback? No. You read it single issues? You want to borrow a couple? I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but, okay, so what, what, what's your what thing with the walking dead? The most unrealistic thing about it by far is that they can get in their cars and drive anywhere. No way. No way. They would have really? no gas. They e- have, even if they're the only people who no are No way. No way. He, he woke up a month. What did he wake up? A month or three weeks after the thing 28 hit? 28 days. <laughs> yeah, right. 28 <laughs> right. days later. No way. No way. There would be no gas anywhere. How quickly do you think the gas would disappear? Very, very, very quickly. Like a matter of two days? Uh, a week, a two week. weeks. Yeah. I mean, depending on who you are. As soon as... I mean, how often but do you... what if the majority of people who want that gas are dead? It takes a while for them. It will take a while for them to die, and they'll all be trying to drive. I mean, and I think I, we talked about this one before, but, you know, in, in 2000, uh, well, I think yeah, it was also 2005. Yeah, we talked about this on the panel, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Super the, interesting. The, you know, this happened right after Katrina. Yeah, it was two years after Katrina. Yeah, the, there was a hurricane. Rita was bearing down in Houston, and they thought it was going to be this big, you know, Katrina part two. So everybody and freaked Houston, out. Houston, which is way bigger than Exactly, New way Orleans. bigger. So they totally freaked out. So the mayor of Houston said, basically, anyone who doesn't get out of Houston um, is going to die. And so, and so literally, he went on the radio and said, anyone that gets out of Houston is going to die. <laughs> you, don't, so, you don't want to do yeah, that. It's a genius move, right? It's the fourth largest city in the United yeah. States. So, you know, it caused a 115-mile traffic jam that lasted for uh, like five days. 115 so miles? 115 miles long. No one moved for five days. There was a there was a uh, old folks home that evacuated in a bus in a charter bus and the bus overheated and caught on fire and all 25 old, old people died inside of it. Sitting on a Sitting freeway. on the bus. They couldn't move. And everybody around just had to sit there and watch because they couldn't move any. What are you going to do? Yeah, smell it. Th- this wasn't just a traffic jam on one side of the road. It's on both sides of the roads going out, right, and the median and the sides of the roads. Cars just p- packed for 115 miles. So Just in the idea that a storm might, might hit Houston. Hit. Right. So the storm never hit Houston. The, the storm didn't. So that guy's just an ass. Yeah. Did he get reelected? Yeah. I don't know, but it's like give me a break. Because you think Later, Marion Barry, Mary and Barry got reelected in D.C. Yeah. like. <laughs> Like, and he did crack. I mean, so. you know, later he was like, oh, well, we couldn't have anticipated the, the you know, the traffic problems we were going to have. He would if he had Even read Walking like Dead. A, yeah, or, or it's like, a, you know, a basic math problem, right? Okay. How many people are you going to freak out compared to, you know, how many people fit on the road? Right. So, so a zombie apocalypse happens tomorrow yeah. based on your research. The yeah. Zombie Research Society research. What right. do you do? Well, I firmly believe all survival is local. So even though, even though... Uh, Los Angeles isn't an ideal place to be because of the lack of water and the overpopulation. Overpopulation. People yeah. equate zo- turn into zombies. Like exactly. pe- people, just, population like, density is the are number zombies, one concern. Right. You, po- don't, you don't density, want to be in a populated right. place. Population density is the number one factor in in zombie survival by far. If and then there, we 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 broke down every state in the United States based on zombie survivability. That doesn't mean the that, Zombie Research Society broke it down right. each state. Yeah, based on like fifteen or twenty okay. categories. You categories. don't want to live in. New York so, City. No, New York City's the worst. <laughs> right. The entire Northeast it's is totally It's the worst now. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, if you ever want a good reason not to move to New York City, that's a really good reason. Right. It's like a, it's a total disaster um, in a zombie outbreak. But, but uh, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't really want to be in Los Angeles, but I am in Los Angeles. Okay. Okay, so if it happens right now, all survival is local. You survive where you are. This notion that when it happens, I'm going to go to Alaska. No, you're not. 
You're never going to get there. And mm -hmm. when you do get there, the Alaskans aren't going to want to see you, and they're probably going to shoot you and take your stuff. In or you're going to freeze to death. In Los Angeles, has a lot of problems. Well, I, I, well we have Shane O'Hare. Did you meet Shane O'Hare? He's one of the geekscapists who lives in Alaska. He, he would shoot you now. Yeah, oh, yeah right. He, I mean, he, we've he's, got he's a... Our, he's our, here's our local uh, conspiracy theorist Tea Party member. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, we've got a couple of chapters up in Alaska, and they're not joking around, you right. know. But, I mean, they don't, they don't, want, they don't want us up there. And, 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 and you'll never get there. You'll, right. never, You'll never, ever get, get there. there. So, Canada, so Canada immediately becomes a wasteland. Yeah. Because Canada's full of the, the, I mean, well, the pussies. Just, <laughs> I, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> they're zombie food. <laughs> they're, they're now zombies. Maybe. They're pretty tough, though. Canadians Canadians? Are really? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they're pretty tough. They own a lot of guns, and uh, they're pretty rugged. I mean, and, uh, and, you know, they play a lot of hockey. I mean, that's why none of them yeah. have any teeth. You're from Detroit, so yeah. you, you would know because it's just on the other side of the. Yeah, the I watched Hockey Night in Canada yeah. growing up. No, you're right. Fuck. Go, they're friendly. Go they're to nice Mexico. and friendly. What about going to Mexico? Here in Southern California, what about going to Mexico? Yeah, but see, I don't even think I don't even think you would make it to the to the mountain. I don't even think you'd make it to the valley. We would not even make it to the valley. We, we you would not make it twenty miles from here. You wouldn't make it. Wow, <laughs> that's so, scary. Yeah, so you have you have to worry about based survival on what factors. Where you based are. on what factors? I mean, traffic alone. Okay. What are you going to do, walk? I mean, based on just traffic alone. Yeah, what's the problem with walking? I mean, you could walk, sure. But, I mean, if you walk, then you only have what you can carry on your back. In your so then I'm worried about you starving to death or dying of dehydration. But you're in Los Angeles. There's plenty of stocked houses between here and La in, in the valley. Yeah. Who's going to want... That see, are filled with right. other survivors. Exactly, who don't want you there. And that's, you know, a right. lot of people say, you know, I'm just going to go loot a gun... I'm just going to go to a gun store and pick up a bunch of guns. Or these people are like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, Walmart. Costco. Horrible. Walmart. The first thing you need to ask yourself is, well, first of all... Because you're just asking to get in giant... You're asking to get murdered. Well, a gun store, yeah, you're asking to get shot in the face. You're, you're breaking into <laughs> someone's store to steal their stuff. <laughs> and it happens to be a store filled with guns with a guy that knows how to use them, that owns it. You know, he's not going to give you his guns. <laughs> yeah, that rates high on bad ideas. I mean, jeez. And so, but, you know, going to a Walmart or Costco, that's a horrible idea, too, because this is what you need to do. Whatever your zombie plan is, when you put it together and you're looking at it and you're like, oh, it's so great, right? The first thing you need to do to ask yourself is... <laughs> and we do is, because we're geeks. Oh, yeah, I love and I love I, I do, too. But you need to ask yourself, would other people be doing the same thing? And if the answer is yes, do not do that. That's, that's the number <laughs> right. one thing. Don't so go to go, a I'm going to go to Walmart... Well, don't go to a boat if the answer is, yeah, a lot of other people are going to be going to that right, boat. Right. You know what I mean? So um, definitely is population density. When someone tells me that I, they have the perfect zombie survival plan, like, oh, it's perfect. And, like, you inevitably it's like, oh, I'm going to, you know, fight my way down to the coast and I'm going to get on fighting an oil rig. Fighting, fighting immediately is a bad idea. Fighting is a disaster. But, I, it, but real quick, I just want a quick answer. Yeah. What was the state that's most survivable? Well, in, oh, the, in the contiguous United States, yeah. it's Wyoming. Because of, because of population. Yeah, and we did it by 15 or 20 different categories. So it's like topography, climate, natural resources, gun ownership rate, military presence. But I'll just break it down really quickly. If you look at Wyoming, Wyoming has, has a population density of 5.6 people per, per square mile. So imagine that, five people per square mile. That's like, hey, buddy, how you doing over there? Yeah. I mean, you know, nobody, right? Watch out, there's a zombie. Exactly. And secondly, they have like a 68% gun ownership rate. So it's a lot of rugged people, not a lot of rugged people, right? Spread right, out right, right. spread out across a large area that all own guns and are able to survive, right? Okay. That's fantastic. And if you're one of them, you're in the club you're and you're great. good to go. Yeah, you're great. Yeah. Now, let's compare that to New Jersey. New Jersey has a population density of 1,000 people per square mile. 5.6 versus 1,000. And then it has a gun ownership rate of about 12%. So 
just in those, and, and there are other categories that bear this out in, the, in both these states and all the other states, but just taking those two categories, you can see the massive difference. And the real problem with New Jersey and New York and all of it is that the entire Northeast plays out like that. Mm -hmm. So the Northeast is very densely packed, very low gun ownership rate, very What's low. What's the problem with low gun ownership rate? You would think that we don't want a lot of guns. No, you want a lot of guns. You do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want a lot of guns okay. to, to, to sort of defend, generally okay. defend. Okay. You know. Yeah, yeah, I thought you didn't want a bunch of assholes running around like shooting at you. Well, that's true, but I actually don't think that there would be. You know, if you look at the research and other disasters, it really doesn't bear out that it's it, it, things aren't like you know an apocalyptic '80s movie where the 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 gang you know shaves their head into pink little hawks. Humongous, humongous, where the dogs of war. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, they you know they don't like they don't get like futuristic motorcycles and ride around right. and like terrorize the neighborhood. Not, not for the first couple of years. Yeah, well, yeah, right. Like, if you can make it through the <laughs> first couple of years, you're, that's you're fantastic. Aces, yeah. yeah, right. You're, you're mayor. But no, I mean the real threat and human threat is is desperation. It's mm. not. It's your neighbor actually. Right. It's your neighbor. It's not this roving horde. So so people owning guns, in general, for civil defense is not a bad idea. Okay. Okay. So. You tell these people who make their zombie plan. Yeah. They come up to you at the conventions. Yeah, they say, I have a perfect zombie survival plan. I have a plan. perfect one. Yeah. What does it involve? Well, I mean, they're well, all, they're all right. different. I mean, they're, and there's some holes for everyone. There are holes, and you know, no, no plan is perfect. And, and, and one of the key things that I would say about Zombie Research Society in general, and, and hopefully you know, my own attitude, is that we're not trying to preach to people like, this is the right way or that's the wrong way. No, and, and I welcome every single listener listening to this. If, yeah. you, if you think that the, any of this stuff is interesting, I, I think it's really interesting. Go to the Zombie Research Society page and sign up for membership. Membership is free, but you can also throw them, what, 25 bucks and get a T-shirt? Yeah, a T-shirt and an ID card. And an yeah. ID card. Right. You, you put your face on the ID card? No, you got your name on it and your individual ID number. I also heard that if you pay the money and you join, you get access to the researched safe houses that you guys... Have. Yeah, that's free too, though, actually. What? Oh, fuck it. Okay. We, ch we changed that recently. But they won't let you into the safe houses unless you're wearing the T-shirt. <laughs> well, I don't know. That's, that's if you show up, if you, if the zombie apocalypse happens, if you show up to one of the zombie yeah. research society who save out. Well, the other the key thing, the important dead. thing to note is that it's a lifetime membership. So okay. if you show up as a zombie in the t-shirt, that doesn't count either. <laughs> right. Okay. So so no, but what I say is, you know, you say I have the perfect zombie survival plan. I say, you know, I have the perfect human survival plan. Right. And my plan trumps your plan. Because I think the real threat is humans. Right. You're much more likely to die at the hand of other dust, dust for hospital humans than you are to ever see a zombie in a zombie. Literally, there'll be like zombies in Cleveland. Like, we'll hear it on the news. Zombies in Cleveland. Oh, my God. And we're in Los Angeles. Yeah, and we'll get killed by our neighbor. Right. Who needs food for his kid. So what do you so what do? You, do? you stay in your house. Stay in your house. Eat my dogs. Do, do you board up the windows? Do you... Well, do no. You... Here's the real problem is that, in my opinion, no structure... You, you don't want to draw attention to yourself. That's right. the worst thing you can okay, do. Okay, so is putting draw boards on the window. Putting boards on the windows just tells, shows that you have something. That exactly. Happens. Yeah. Okay. Tells some starving person walking by. Oh my gosh! I bet they have food in there because they were trying to protect it. Right. So so that's the disaster. Also, using even though firearms are are good for worst case right. scenario, using a firearm is a horrible idea. Because the sound. Because the sound. Right. Okay. You might as well stand on your roof with a dinner bell and be like, "Hey, come get me." Okay. So, you know. So. It's ideally, what you want to do. And fire is bad. <clears throat> Light, yeah. Lighting things on fire, like, well, like mean, a weapon. Yeah, it doesn't make any sound, but if you like have like a like a quick thing, like a like, like a, a like a spray can or right. with like a lighter, that could work. But Why then, not? but then something is on fire, moving independently of you. That's true. Could be a problem. Right. Yeah. Kick them over to your neighbor's house. What about going to your? What about going to like your second floor, or your roof, and destroying the stairs? Yeah, I mean it's not a, it's not a bad idea, and you know the the concern there for me is that. 
is that if I show up at a house and I'm scavenging for food and I see that the stairs are destroyed, then I think there might be somebody upstairs with food, you know? Oh. So, so that's a problem, potential problem. Now, you might be safe from zombies, but that's a potential problem, again, right. yeah. uh, and it's humans. So there's no real perfect answer, but what I would try to do personally is... is Make a spaceship. Yeah, right. Is, is to sort of live invisibly. So if you have an attic or if you have like a flat roof or a roof where you could live where people wouldn't see you or a basement or a crawl space under your house, try to live in the spaces where people wouldn't be searching, but don't make it obvious you're there. Right. You know what I mean? So I would essentially <clears throat> vacate my house, but actually still be in my house. Like those people that you find out were... You know, like every now the and people then, under the stairs. Well, or whatever. Well, every now and then in the news, you hear about people who are like living in other people's attics and they don't know, or yeah, they're living right. in like the walls they don't know. Right. And, and the people only started setting up cameras to catch them when like they, they saw that their food was missing. Right. In a fridge, you've seen those stories yeah, on the news. Yeah, I like and you're it. Like, holy shit! That's right. How they live in their it's attic. It's like some twenty-year-old right. kid is living in your attic, and at night when you're asleep, he comes down and eats out of your fridge. Yep. And I'm amazed that anybody knows anybody can live in a house. Yeah, that's amazing. And there were people in the attic the entire time. And you hear those stories like every year or yeah. two. That's uh, great. That guy's got a good shot. That, that kid living in the attic's got a good shot. And it's all, yeah, it's like some kid who like ran away from home, but he's friends with like the kid right. who lives there. Uh, so, you know, it, it's crazy. Um, what about going to the mountains? Because cause Yeah, I mean, I think that... The I, zombies uh, don't climb ropes. Yeah, right. Again, I wouldn't, I'm not too worried about the zombies. I'm worried about right, other people. Right, 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 but, right, right, right. But, um, people do climb ropes, right. Yeah, I mean, that's so the that's, thing. That's the focus. Concentrate on exactly. people. Concentrate on people. Look, zo- we, we'll never know exactly what the zombie outbreak will be like Maybe. until it actually until happens. Until it happens. It, we, we won't know, right? It's all theory. So they could be fast. They could be slow. They could be smart. They could be dumb. So if I, let's say I say, let's say my, my, my strategy is zombies are dumb and slow. Like, that's my theory, right? And so what I do is I, t- I, I have, a, you know, a cabin, and I put a moat around the cabin. I d- dig a ditch. I got a, I got a backhoe. Problem I dig solved. A, problem solved, right? The zombies come along, and I turn out to be right. The zombies are dumb and slow. So they come along, and they're march, 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 and I go, hey, zombie, come get me. And they fall in the ditch, and I light them on fire, and then I'm warm all winter, you know, freaking make s'mores, right. whatever right. the hell I want. I'm all good, right? The problem is humans are going to come along and put a board over the moat and come across the moat and kill me and eat me. So, so, you know, we don't know what zombies will be like, but about, we know that what, humans are fast and we know that humans are what smart. What about a strength in numbers scenario where you, where you get right, a, a giant hundred, gang or something. You get a hundred right? people. You yeah. create a, a, a walled society. Yeah, that, uh, that could work. I mean, you just have to make sure nobody's infected and doesn't want to tell you because we've all seen that in the movie, right? Right, right. They Somebody gets infected. It's like, hey, Pete, you're looking a little pale, you know. And no, he's I'm like, good. No, I'm fine. Yeah, let's all go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, and then right. you're trapped in there with them. Exactly. Okay. But, um, you know, the, the, I don't – I hate to be sort of negative about everything. I, I do tend to no, be a you're glass being, half-empty kind of guy. Where geeks are. Where we geeks yeah, are. Like, right. like we, we have to um, There's no, there's no perfect scenario. Like, there's sort of no perfect answer. It's just you have to do what works for you in the situation where you are. Now, you said, how about going to the mountains? Now, for me, personally – I'm not a super outdoorsy guy. Oh, so you're fucked in the mountains. Yeah, so I yeah, wouldn't I wouldn't go to the mountains. Right. Right? But someone who's like a super hunter camper, like the kids from Red Dawn, right? Yeah, fuck yeah. go to the mountains, you know, right. you'd be all set. But like for me, I'd be like, What am I doing in the mountains? It's cold, <laughs> you know? So I'm very much urban survivalist. Right. So for me it's a bad idea. Now for somebody else it might be a really good idea. What would you do for water? Well, I mean I have a lot of water stocked. A lot of water stocked. You Mormon? What? You Mormon? No. Okay. Uh-uh. No. It's just what you do. For disaster, yeah. Oh, you definitely do this for an earthquake. Yeah, yeah, Matt, yeah. Matt, you do this for an earthquake for in California. You do this. 
What do you mean? Yeah. How much water do you have stock? A lot. I know your address. Not enough for you. Okay. <laughs> but, like, you literally do this. Yeah. You're free. Do you just scare the shit out of yourself all the time? Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, the problem is I really got into researching the zombie stuff because I was always afraid of zombies. A, but you equated it to an earthquake, which in Los Angeles is a realistic thing. Yeah, right. Or earthquake and or, you yeah. you really I mean, stock water. I, and I have food, too. I got to show you. You stock all that shit. Food, weapons. Uh, first aid, all sorts of survival stuff. Oh, you're a party. Yeah, I'm ready to so roll. So you never have like parties at your house because then people will know you have your <laughs> shit. No, because it's not. It's not right out. You know, it's not right out. I don't that put the water me. in the living room. You think a lot of people do this? I think they should. I mean, there was you know last year there was a great great California shakeout, which was this thing that the emergency preparedness did, which was supposed to get everyone interested in earthquakes and like prepared for earthquakes and basically they, I think they had a million people participate but basically they were really disappointed it was a very yeah. low turnout uh, yeah population and, and the head of, that's pretty bad exactly the, the, and the head of the um, my, 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 my dogs are, uh, are barking zombies at it. zomb- yeah they're, they're my first line of defense they are um, but you know basically the head of the disaster planning for California said it's, it's irresponsible to not get ready mm-hmm. it's good because some sort of disaster is going to happen and if you're not ready then you're just you're just you're either dead or you're a drain on the limited emergency resources that, that the government has, you know? Wow. But nobody's ready. Nobody's ready. Except for me. But what if you, what if you find yourself in a situation where you didn't stock up? What do you Be do? bad. Or, you know, or how about here? What right. if I find myself in a situation where there's a giant earthquake? You're away from your house. Yeah. I'm at your place and a giant earthquake hits right now or right. a zombie outbreak. Right. And I can't get home. Right. Big problem. I mean, that's why, you know, the basic, the minimum you need in any sort of a disaster, but in a zombie disaster, is, is what they call a bug-out bag or a 72-hour kit. It's, um, it's called a 72-hour kit, and it's recommended for earthquakes or other disasters. Mm-hmm. It's got all the food and water and clothing and first aid and everything you need in a portable bag that you need for a disaster to, to live for 72 mm-hmm. hours. The notion being that the system, whatever, the worst that will happen, the system will come back online within 72 hours and you'll get rescued. Now, with a zombie outbreak... I, I recommend more a week or two, two weeks. Right. Yet, you know, but you ha- but it has to be portable. That's what you got at your house. Yeah, but it has to be portable okay. is the key because you never know when someone's going to come to your door and you got to go. How right much does that shit cost? I mean, you, you, it's not that much. You put it together, you know, and you go to like know. what? You go to like Academy. You remember those places? Those Academy like sports shops? Or like what? Like REI? Yeah, or you something? like REI? And yeah, like, yeah, I mean, I, I put it together from different things. Like the you know the food is from uh, from Quake. This place called. Uh, Quake Care. They have these ER bars that the Coast Guard uses. That they're, they're like these blocks of Man, protein. You're for real. Yeah. I mean, you got to be ready. You were telling me something about your your water heater. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, I don't. You know, water. That that's one great place because to find your water, water goes away. Yeah, because water goes away, and you turn on your tap, and no water's coming out. Or you turn on your tap, and you can't trust that that water is sanitary. Anymore. Right. Because if the sanitation systems go down, you might turn on your tap, and water comes out, but it might not be clean right. for drinking. So. One of the places you can find, you know, readily available water is in a hot water heater. If you don't have a tankless water heater, how much is in there? Um, like fifty to seventy-five gallons. Holy on shit, that's a, that's good. That's good. It's if you're really conservative with your water, that could be like a mu- enough for two adults to live for like a month, fifty gallons. You know, in your water heater right now. Yeah, in your water heater. Yeah, and in like a larger unit. Like if you're sort of scavenging around, if you find a larger building, that's what you always want to do. Is like find an apartment. The water. Yeah, any apartment complex. Every every building has a water heater, and it's always a ready source of water. Now, that water's not going to be very clean, right? Um, so if you can, you want to, like, add bleach to it or something like that, you know, to, to Not cure. a lot of bleach. No, no. It's, it, it's just enough bleach until you can actually smell the bleach a little bit. But don't worry about the bleach. Like, don't worry about, oh, I'm drinking bleach. Right. It's just like drinking 
water out of a chlorine pool. It's the exact same thing. Is it really? It's well, totally the same. Okay. I mean, you're not going to chug the bleach. No, no. But if you just put enough bleach we in We might. There, if we get bored. Yeah, right. If we get bored, we're going to do a couple keg stands. But just enough bleach so that you can smell it. Okay. And then let it sit for about 30 minutes, and then you can drink it. And But, you know, if worst case scenario, you can you could, if you had to, I would still drink the water out of a hot water heater before I would drink, like, sort of stray water on the Knowing that somewhere. there's been a ruptured leak somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because the water in the water heater is just sitting there. All right. We're, 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 ta- we're like, I feel like we're talking make-believe again, but you know from talking to virologists on your board. Yeah. How, what are the chances of something like this happening? Well, I mean, that's how, a, how like, like, what could happen? Yeah, like, I mean, there are a couple. What would it take for a virus yeah. to be created? There are two. How realistic is that? Right. Um, you know, unfortunately, I would say it's a lot more realistic than I th- would have thought before starting into this research. Wait, what? Um, yeah, for sure. There, there, there's, there's a virologist at the University of Miami who I interviewed. Uh, in all this research and she's not into zombies at all it doesn't know anything about zombies like you know just a she's just interested in studying viruses and uh, so I sort of explained to her the symptoms of zombieism and what it would be mm-hmm. like and she said to me very matter of factually she's like oh we could create a zombie sickness like that in the lab today now I mean Keep in mind, I was talking about the living zombie sickness, right, so right, not right, an undead right, right. rising from the grave. Much but, more like but something infected. That, yeah. but, uh, something know, that if a living person was infected with, they would... Act. Try to attack you and bite you, and if they did, then you would then get it and also Oh, so, it. so it's something yeah, that actually contagious. has a pathogen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh. A contagious virus that causes people to go violently insane and relentlessly uh, uh, hunt and attack one another. She's like, oh, we can create that in the lab today, no problem. Get out she, of yeah, here. Yeah, like, she was like, you know... Uh, we can we can clone sheep and we can clone people and it's a lot more complex to clone something create life of nothing than it is to combine you know a highly deadly strain of rabies with a highly deadly strain of the flu and mix in some other viruses in there for good measure and make it faster acting and then and then you know just release it on population and all of a sudden you have this airborne living zombie virus airborne yeah airborne so you don't even have to be bitten you know? right because a bite you would think isn't like the it's mo- not the best it's hard transmission yeah that's right. it's hard to transmit a disease through bite right that's why that's why we don't have rabies. Right. You we know, would all have rabies. Yeah, we would all have rabies if it was easy to transmit. A, yeah. But if it's airborne. Yeah. So, so that's the one. You know, people always say, oh, rabies. It would, isn't rabies like zombies? And I always thought, nah, man, not, not, it doesn't really fit. But after talking to her, I was like, oh, man, this is, this is a big You add rabies to an airborne virus. That, that's much faster acting. Because the problem yeah. with rabies is the slow, slow yeah. incubation period. Um, but yeah, she was shit. like, yeah, we could create that. She's like, you know, if you had, if you had the know-how, which, you know, we do, it's sort of the age of microbiology, you know, we can sort of do all sorts of things. Um, and you had the money and you had a lab, you just, you take the time and you create it. So, I mean, it's... Terrorists you know, could be doing Yeah, this. in terms of a biological weapon, that's disaster, uh, disastrous implications. And it, could, it would be quickly spread through airborne. Yeah, exactly. Airborne, quickly yeah. spread. Uh, what was that story where you went over like the Hague or someplace over in Europe, and you were yeah. talking to a scientist? Yeah, and that's was so scared he didn't even want to. Yeah, talk yeah, to you. that's that's. Uh, what was that? Well, story? that that was about that was actually about prion diseases, which are which are these. Uh, it's a mutated protein that causes mad cow and causes um, some other brain disorders. Right, and it's totally it's 100 percent communicable, 100 um, percent. Those exist. Fatal. They exist. Yeah, they exist. Mad cow disease. Right. Exactly. Like these sort of whole version. It's a of, protein. It's a protein. Yeah, it's not a virus. It's a protein that when it, it's what's a mutated the, what, protein. What's the difference for dummies like me? It doesn't. A virus gets in your system and it spreads, so it, it, it creates okay. more of itself. Okay. So what the virus wants to do, like HIV or whatever, is okay. it wants to get in your system and then it wants to create more of itself. So there's using a lot of cell, it. Using your cells. goes into your cells, yeah. And it creates more of itself, replicates itself. This protein doesn't replicate itself at all. What it does is, it, and they don't really understand how it works, it gets into your brain, 
it, and, it, and then what it does is it mutates all the other proteins in your brain. So it actually changes you who you are rather than, like if you die of HIV, you're not different than who no, you no. were. But if you, you are just. All, but if you have Alzheimer's. Right. Yeah, right. Is, is Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's caused is, by a protein? No, it's of not. But but it's very similar. I mean, people talk about it. Um, right. In, in those ways. Um, so it's like a like, like it's like a game of dominoes. In your it brain. is. But the difference with the with or, the prion diseases yeah. is that they're is that they're communicable. I mean, they're they're uh, infectious. So. You you can't I can't catch Alzheimer's from you, you right? Know? Um, but you, you could catch yeah cow. you could catch mad cow right you can catch mad cow and so, it's lethal and it immediately changes the makeup of the proteins in your right. brain right now it's slow it's slow acting but to answer your question about there was I was talking to the head of the National um, Public Health Disaster Preparedness Institute which is associated Jesus. with the University of Pittsburgh about this about these diseases because they know so That's little what about, you're them. about yeah. yeah and and so I was like hey because because traditionally these prion diseases have been very difficult to transmit from animal to human and very difficult to transmit from human to human uh-huh. so it used to be the only way i could get it if you had it the only way i would get it from you is if i ate your brains after you died okay. so you know right. basically you'd find it cropping up in these like cannibalistic tribes in like the amazon but nobody else really got these diseases but now there's new indications that it can be transferred from blood to blood so that if i go and, and also that it causes right. you to go insane and, and often violently insane so if i go violently insane and i attack you and bite you you will then for sure so get sharp it. weapons aren't good for fighting a zombie well, yeah, I don't, I don't love creating a lot of blood spatter. I mean, that's right. a, in general, that's a, that's a bad idea. But, you know, what this new research out of, of Sweden is that they've created a prion disease that can be transmitted from air, in the aerosol route, so, so through the wow, air. Wow, not even blood. Not even blood. So one mouse breathes in the general direction of another mouse in the same cage, and that mouse gets the disease. So I told this guy, I was talking to him on the phone. I was like, hey, I don't, I don't know if you uh, heard this new study out of Sweden, and I told him about it, and he said, oh, God, don't say that. Literally, that was, and I was like, you know, I was like, dude, you're the, you're supposed to be in charge of like planning for the unforeseen public health threats that were, and he's like, I don't even want to know about it because seriously, you talk to these experts about these prion diseases and they literally do not know why the symptoms are evolving, why. Because they evolve independently of a host. Yeah, well, and also, and the protein actually is technically not alive. And so the protein itself is evolving, and they don't understand how it flies in the face of everything we know about. Because because you would think that if a protein got into a host, the host would would have different variables, different thing, different catalysts that would affect the protein, right? That, to make it evolve, right? But if it, the thing is just evolving independently of any in, right. I, any influence, right? And they don't know why. Holy shit. They don't know how it's evolving, and they don't know why it's evolving. I don't want you in my house anymore. <laughs> I mean, that's scary stuff. Now I, see, now I see why you go out and you buy a bunch of water. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the good thing about it is, you know, because my wife is not, you know, she's not a zombie geek at all. I mean, at all. No? No, no. But she kind of likes it because, because uh, you know, I'm not living in a bunker in my basement somewhere, right. but I yet, am sort yet. of prepared yet. for it yet, right? Shane I, in Alaska is. Yeah. But. Yeah. But she knows that you're. Well, we're sort of prepared. I mean, if there's a, a big head. earthquake, you know, we're gonna we're gonna be we'll probably be okay as long as my neighbor doesn't come over and steal my water. Wow. Or your ceiling doesn't fall on your head. Yeah, so that's a good point. Matt, th- this stuff is insane. Um, I'm guessing that when the Geekscapists go to the Zombie Research Society website, right. there, There's even more resources. Sources. There's a lot. Yeah, I think we've got. I think you know we've been doing it for a while. I said when we post a lot of the research to our blog, so I think there's something like 600, 700 articles there. Wow. I'll let you know everything. All from, written by specialists like the like the yeah for the most part different it. specialists or at least interview different specialists and yeah we try to really use real experts in different fields and talk about you know for instance when we wanted to know about what the government response would be we actually talked to. Um, uh, one of the former um, members of the National Security Council under um, the first George Bush and, and 
uh, Clinton. Was it a positive? And, no, it was a, it was horrible. And that's the <laughs> what problem. Did he, say? Uh, he said that we were totally screwed up. He's, he basically said he said that the the government the government is designed. It's horrible. Oh, I know it's so bad. The government is designed to deal. And he, I mean, he pointed to Katrina, right? But right. the government is designed to deal with existing known threats. So anything that's a variable from what they've already experienced. So, for instance, he Fucks said, he said with Katrina, what they did with Katrina is that they said, oh, my God, we got to get it right next time. So they developed, developed these very targeted strategies for dealing with a disaster that was exactly like Katrina. He said the problem is no two disasters are ever alike. Right. So the next time a disaster comes along, it's going to be different, and all we are doing is gearing ourselves towards dealing with correcting the disaster that already happened rather than worrying about the disaster that's going to happen. He's like, so if you start looking at zombies, they're so outside the realm of planning that it's just, it's just complete catastrophe. (laughs) Matt Moak is here to tell everybody that we're all fucked in in the uh, by water, water purification. Um, so, guys, the Zombie Research Society website can be found at, what's the URL? It's zombieresearchsociety.com. Zombieresearchsociety.com. But uh, on top of that, Matt is a published author, and he's put out two books. Um, there's um, That's Not Your Mommy Anymore. If you guys have kids and you want to get your kids a zombie book, there's actually a children's book that Matt made that we pushed on the site uh, last May called That's Not Your Mommy Anymore. Uh, and also... Uh, everything you wanted to know about zombies. Mm-hmm. Now, what is that book? Is that a lot of the stuff that you're yeah, talking about yeah, here? That, yeah, or? yeah, yeah. It's 300 page nonfiction. I mean, basically, what everything you ever want to know about zombies. So, if is, you like this conversation, go get that book. Yeah, I mean, it's basically it's 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 a culmination of all the research we've done over the last five years. It came out a, a couple months ago, um, and yeah, it, it's it's sort of all the research we've done plus more of. Like like for instance, it's got the breakdown of every state in the United States, the rankings of them. It's got you know, um, some survival strategies and interviews with everyone you could think of from, you know, Max Brooks to Robert Kirkman to, you know, on and on and on. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, we can find those on Amazon. Exactly. Or yeah. at the Zombie Research Society website? Yep. Okay, so uh, everything you ever wanted to know about zombies. Yep. That's not your mommy anymore. You know, that one's for the kids. Right. Uh, what are you working on next? Working on a couple of different things. We're, we're, uh, I'm working on a, um, a, a zombie novel that should be hopefully coming out this year. And then um, a couple other things, another nonfiction book that's written by different experts in, in, in different fields that's related to the stuff we're mm-hmm. talking about, but, um, but, but from their own words. So, okay. you know, these experts writing essays about what would happen in a real zombie outbreak. Okay. Um, again, guys, zombieresearchsociety.com is the place where you can find all that stuff. I think this stuff is fascinating, and I'm someone who is intensely bored by the majority of zombie stuff in pop culture, I think a lot of it is just the same story told with a different boat or a different warehouse, a different, you know, hell of vac. And if it's not left for dead and I'm not involved in it, <laughs> then it, I don't think it's that fun. But, right. th- but what Matt is saying is fascinating to me. Um, I hope you guys have enjoyed uh, this last hour of Geekscape. Um, I hope you guys think it's an awesome conversation. I am fascinated by it. Uh, check out more of our stuff on geekscape.net. You can go to Facebook, look for Geekscape. Uh, we're at facebook.com slash geekscape.net spelled out. Also, you can look for us on YouTube and follow us on Twitter. I'm Jonathan London. You can follow me on Twitter at Jonathan London. I think you're Moak. At Matt Moak. You're at Matt Moak yep. on, on Twitter. And um, I want to thank Matt for coming on the show. Yeah, Good. thanks, thanks so a lot. Much. I had a great time. That's, Appreciate it. I, I could talk to you for hours about this stuff. <laughs> um, in Geekscape-related news... Uh, Our friends Punchline, who provided us with the Geekscape theme song, have put out a new EP. It's called So Nice to Meet You. It's currently on iTunes. And what's awesome is that it's actually pretty high up on the iTunes charts. 
they've beat out uh, albums from The Beatles, Metallica, and what I like to see, LMFAO. <laughs> and uh, they're doing really well, so uh, it only costs $5. The EP is called uh, So Nice to Meet You, and I'm going to play you guys out uh, on a track called uh, Everything I Wanted. Okay, so enjoy the track. We'll see you guys next time on Geekscape. I'm gonna take you to Nakama. I love the blue just like Nirvana. 